Welcome back to the Toledo Meadows podcast for our 26th episode. With you, as always, is your host, Bob Tucker, your co-host, Danny Woodcock, and myself, Nathan Lewis. Your engineer. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back. Who, who do we got on the show today, Bob? Today we have David Mann, who's president of the Lucas County Land Bank, and all around good guy. So uh, hopefully you guys listen to it and like it. Very interesting things that they do. Is no, they do. They do. As you will all hear, they do great things for the community. And I feel like it's kind of one of those things we're trying to find stuff that people don't know about with the show no, yeah. and bring it to light. Yeah, I this feel like one this is one of those where it's like an amazing thing that I don't think anybody really knows. It was about. a real light bulb moment. Yeah. <laughs> <Danny>. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, oh, what have you guys been up to? Um, Last weekend, I did my annual tubing trip in uh, Paris Park, Michigan, which is like far east Michigan or west, west Michigan. I don't know. It's in Michigan. (laughs) But uh, it was it was pretty good. It it was a little rainy this year. And that, as you know, is uh, camping and rain or not the greatest combination. But uh, it was fun. That's good. Got out of the house anyways for a minute. There you go. I was on vacation last week, a little bit on the beach, but before oh, that, I work had you... vacation. No, family, vacation, family. vacation. Yeah, right. And then, but before that, I had you guys over for some sausage I made. Hey, yeah, that was amazing. We had a good. real sausage party, huh? The wine, wine. <laughs> it was every a time we hang party. out. <laughs> it was the what? Wine and garlic sausages. Yeah, red wine and garlic pork sausage. Yeah. Oh man! And, and you, you made those uh, little basil tomato bites that were way too spicy. It's kind of <laughs> Bob. I think a version of caprese. I think yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. basically yeah. it is. You yeah. just cram some habanero in there. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. But there were two rows of non habanero <laughs> and you were like, hey, just try mine, Danny. <laughs> he gave you the super spice. That was, that it was, was the, good though, right? Yeah. No. What? <laughs> I like, started hot, sweating right away. You're no, not a hot not food a hot guy. guy. Oh. No. Cause they weren't that spicy. You're just it was a terrible. big baby. <laughs> uh, I went out to Jeep Fest. I don't know if you guys saw the pictures. I did oh, see yeah. your picture. It was crap. crazy busy. Yeah. I had to stand up on like a, a second story window at the Huntington just so I can get pictures. For That's probably Jeep because Jeep we Fest mentioned it during the show. It was. It uh, had I, to be. I, it had to be. Yeah. All thirty thousand Jeep fans were from our listenership. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> just like a well, that's cool that that turned out. Were there some pretty cool Jeeps? Did you see oh, some, yeah. Like, there were tons. Yeah, there were old Jeeps, new Jeeps, mash Jeeps, pink pink Panther Jeeps. It was incredible. Incredible. That's awesome. Uh, coming up this weekend, actually, we got a lot happening in the 419. Tonight, Thursday, August 18th, the Epic Toledo is hosting their monthly social at Fleetwoods. Uh, check out the premier young professionals group for a couple laughs, socializing, and cocktails. 5.30. More info at epictoledo.com. Also tonight, Startup Toledo is hosting their August gathering at Central Classic Cars and Genius Garage. Throughout the night, they will be raffling off a ride in, actually, these are pretty sweet, the 1969 Jaguar XTE, Ooh. 1964 GT40 replica, and a 1996 Caterham Lotus Super 7. Uh, if you're interested in startups, entrepreneurship, innovation, or just the raddest classic cars, swing by Central Classic Cars and Genius Garage tonight, August 18th at 6.30. More info at startuptoledo.com. Coming up Friday is one of Toledo's biggest throwback parties of the year, the 80s Explosion Costume and Dance Party, popping off at 8 p.m. at the Centennial Terrace. Uh, dancers will be boogieing until about midnight, so dust <laughs> off the roller skates and bell bottoms for a night of fun. Also going on this weekend is the 33rd Annual Northwest Ohio Rib Off, taking place Ooh. at the Luke Count- Lucas County Fairgrounds all weekend long. That's come, a good one. Yeah, yeah you got to go to the Rib Off. That's one you can't miss. You'll come for the ribs and you'll stay for the rock shows. And a portion of the proceeds will be benefiting Veterans Matter. 
Happening on Saturday, along with the ribboff, is the 42nd annual Birmingham Ethnic Festival, a celebration of the community's long-standing heritage, ethnic foods, arts and crafts, and a plethora of music and dances to be had. Check out BirminghamEthnicFestival.wordpress.com for more info. Have you guys ever been to that one? Yes, yeah, good stuff. I have not, really? but yeah. it sounds cool. Pretty close to home, yeah. so I'm going to check it out. Yeah, definitely. The other thing uh, on Friday, the the 19th, so I guess that's tomorrow if we're pretending it's Thursday. Um, <laughs> Just almost. <laughs> There's a glow roll, so you, you I've heard. Oh. Yeah, you grab your bike, you put on some glowy stuff on there, and you go for a little casual. Steph's roll. always wanted to try to do that. Well, this Friday at Wurzels on Central Avenue, starting, uh, I think people are meeting at seven thirty. Uh, just about ten mile little. Is there a roll. limit? Like you have to have more than like ten LEDs on your bike, or I can you just, just tra- duct tape nuts, a flashlight to it? And be I heard good? the pregame was at Bob's house. Though. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> but uh, they, they actually ride down my street, past my house every single time, and. and my kids, we're usually eating dinner or something. My kids love it. That's so. right. awesome. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Cool. So being so old, you guys eat dinner really late. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Without further ado, here's here's David Mann. With us today, we have David Mann, the president of the Lucas County Land Bank, which actually has a fancier title than that, right? It's the Lucas County Land Reu... I'm screwing that up. That's why we call ourselves the Land Bank. Yeah, what is it? (laughs) Reutilization Corporation. Corporation, Yeah, there we go. So welcome, David. Yeah, Welcome. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for having me. Now, uh, we're going to talk about the Land Bank, but first let's talk about you. Are you from Toledo or... No, I grew up in Dayton and was there until undergrad and moved to Toledo for undergrad and... I've been here ever since. Yeah, go Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you, what would you go to undergrad for? For I know, I know you're a lawyer now and you're a land bank guy and you're a political guy. What, what, yeah. Did you go for math or something? Or? <laughs> uh, so I picked UT because I wanted to be an engineer. Oh. Interesting. Which oh. made sense, yeah. I think. Yeah, oh yeah. And they I had some school. friends here. And then my summer before freshman year, I said, no, I don't <laughs> want to be an engineer. So yeah. I did the next logical thing and was an English major. <laughs> All right, English hand, majors. Like yeah, exactly. Thing. That's right. Yeah, Bob's an English major. Yeah, right? I, yeah. I, I'm somebody who also defaulted to an English major after starting out with something else. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and then um, so uh, when you went wanted to be an engineer, was it like I'm going to be an electrical engineer, a mechanical engineer? Did you have any grand visions of your engineering future? Yeah, I don't know that I gave it that much thought, which is why. <laughs> okay. Which is why I made more sense. To Once just... you started to think about it, you're like, mm, yeah. maybe yeah. none of these sound very good. Yeah, <laughs> I like math. <laughs> well, but, there's a lot of that. Yeah, but not enough to do it every day. I think. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't given it much thought since. So, so who spreadsheets knows? Spreadsheets are for right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then after college, what would you end up doing? So I, my senior year of undergrad, I got hooked up with a county commissioner campaign locally mm. here. Uh, nice. Pete, Pete Gerken was running for county commissioner for the first time. He's on the ballot this year, so this was 12 years ago now. And um, started working for that campaign, graduated. The campaign, by some measure, was successful. <laughs> he was elected. That's he was elected. Right? Yeah, that was right. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a fun experience. Uh, and, um, I was asked to stick around. So I started working for the County, uh, and did that for four and a half years before I thought about going to law school. So okay. I worked, so I worked for the County. And, uh, what was your role, role with the County? I had three different jobs. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, with, cause there, there are three County commissioners. Sure. Yeah. So I worked for Pete directly for a while. I was his assistant 
doing everything from scheduling to sort of public policy stuff. And, you know, we did some fun things. And then I moved over into a job that had a funny title that I actually picked myself called <laughs> public affairs liaison. Okay. Nice. Which was... You're a pal. Yeah, was, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, hate I like acronyms. Sorry. I regretted that title. Um, so I... Um, uh, in the meantime, Ben Conop, he was a county commissioner for a hot minute here in Lucas County, was a county commissioner during that time. And uh, I, so I worked for all three of the county commissioners at that point, did media relations, uh, worked on the construction of the arena project. Uh, the Huntington Center uh, was built in that period. And then um, the economy fell out and the county had serious revenue challenges. So I moved out of that role, which was no longer something the county could afford and became Commissioner Tina Wozniak's assistant and did that same thing uh, through law school until I, until I joined the land bank. Yeah. So fun stuff. Did that law degree play a factor in, in your role with the land bank? Uh, it, it does with the land bank. It absolutely does. Okay. I went to law school at night part-time while yeah. I was working. So I was working for the county the whole time. Half that time I was with the county commissioners and then Got it. Uh, helped found the land bank and then moved over. And yeah, so it was helpful. But yeah, so the drive over here today was my drive every day at night <laughs> nice. from, from downtown to, to UT. So. Although you can't take Bancroft all the way right now because that bridge is out, yeah. but, which you, is you very used, frustrating. Yeah, you used to be able to. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess uh, before we get into too much further, we should probably talk about what is the land bank for folks who have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The land bank's a really fun, pretty innovative thing. We're about six years old now. Our job is to take vacant, abandoned properties, acquire them, turn them into new productive things that are going to pay the taxes and help strengthen neighborhoods. So we do a lot of work across Lucas County, concentrated in the city, because that's where uh, more abandoned properties are, but we work everywhere in Lucas County. Uh, and we, we don't just issue fines or make people cut their grass or do anything like that. We're not like code enforcement. We are a tool to get control of the property and actually take uh, new ownership and then put those properties in the hands of folks who are going to do something better and um, more tax productive than what was happening before we got involved. Tax productive as in like someone who lives there and pays their property tax and so that it's like <laughs> yeah. helping the economy type thing. Is that yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in private hands, we are we're sort of a catalyst for um, for redevelopment opportunities, for taking properties that the market has sort of una been unable to fix and putting them back in the hands so the private market could work as it's supposed to. So we're sure. we're not the kind of entity that's supposed to hold on to property a long time. We're trying to get it into the way that it should work, the way that most property works. And I guess, is there a selection process for how property comes into the land bank or how you notice a property or how, you know, how does that end of it work? Yeah. There, so there are 21,000 tax delinquent properties in Lucas County. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So we do have a process. Yeah. We 19,000 of them are right here across the street on Upton. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> hey, no. That's a high number. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we do have a process to prioritize. What we look at first and foremost is, is there an opportunity to save the home or the business that's sitting there right now? You know, a lot of the, all these properties are unoccupied. Um, mm -hmm. And we get that information from neighbors and from others in the community. We did something that the community had never done a couple of years ago after we sort of begged everyone to give us this information and then realized it didn't exist, we went out under our Toledo survey project and visited all 122,000 properties in the city of Toledo Jeez. and figured out what was there. 
So is that like a team of people oh that yeah. did that? Wow. Yeah, our staff. We have we have ten people on our staff, but we also had lots of volunteers across Toledo who did it. At, you know, every Saturday and every day during the week, and um, we gave every property that had a, a structure on it a grade from A through F, and that more than anything else has really allowed us to prioritize because now we know mm. we used to people used to ask us all the time how many properties in Toledo need to be demolished or how many properties are you working on or could work on and we used to make up answers you know I mean educated yeah, yeah. guesses yeah, yeah. but we'd make up answers and now we know you know there are about 2,000 properties in the city of Toledo that should be demolished today those are all priorities for us uh, there are thousands more vacant lots that are next door to people who could take care of them they could add mm -hmm. them to their own property they just don't know how to get control of it they don't know how to own it and so we do a lot of that and then there are hundreds and hundreds more homes that should be renovated that we work on too and businesses we do commercial and industrial property as much as residential how do you decide whether a property should be demolished or renovated i mean yeah it's probably a dividing line that's some gray in there, right? Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there, there's a little bit more gray than it, yeah. you would think. Um, we have expert building folks on staff who inspect every property we own from top to bottom. They figure out what they think it's going to cost to renovate the property, make it safe and habitable for somebody to be in it again. And we take that information, look at what the house is going to be worth, potentially, if it were renovated, look at what other alternatives exist. Sometimes it's very black and white. Sometimes sure, the house yeah. is so <laughs> Just boom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, or this is great. It could be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and there are some times where it's a tough challenge. Um, our perspective is that uh, we try to s uh, see every property that can be renovated renovated first. Um, so nice. we market Go. lots of properties. Some properties we know are going to be a challenge because some neighborhoods there really isn't a functional market. You know, there aren't people that really are ready to step up and make that kind of investment. But we don't want to presume that. So we we go out and try. And if we can't make it work, then then they probably get torn down. But then we also look to neighbors to take a, take over the land and and take that next step. Yeah, there uh, there's a building downtown that I think kind of teeters the line of demolished and kept up. That's but a I'm whole. Not, <laughs> is that the old hotel down there? Yeah. The summit. Yeah, I only drive past it. I don't know much about it. But since I moved downtown in January, I see it a lot. And mm -hmm. I have questions. What is it? Yeah. You, did you think of the Hotel Seagate? Yeah, right? yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Summit Jefferson. Yeah, so the county acquired that property from the foreign investors that owned it. Okay. Not the land bank, the actual, the county commissioners, folks I talked about earlier. Mm. And they had a goal to tear it down because it was really in bad shape and it was really going to hold back the downtown. They removed all the asbestos from the inside. They got it down to a shell. That's what it looks like right now. Yeah. It yeah. looks like a honeycomb, basically. And once they did all that work and spent almost $3 million doing that, developers came to them and said, hey, don't tear the rest of this down. This might actually could be a hotel again if we can ah. just use the shell it was you know save six million dollars having to oh, build yeah. another skyscraper uh, is it going to happen who knows but that's why it's sort of sitting in limbo right now because gotcha. they're, they're exploring whether they can see it saved as opposed to having to go through the rest of the steps to yeah. tear it down now I appreciate the clarification <laughs> you're welcome going back to say renovations or demolitions you guys have a staff of 10. You, the land bank isn't the one doing the renovations and the demolitions, right? No. Right. So, so <laughs> for the uh, most part, do you have pre existing relationships with, with contractors or, or is there a bidding process? Or how do you go about on the back end trying to find the right people to do the work on the property? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for demolition, Toledo has something that no other place in Ohio has, and it's actually made us better and stronger than other places in that, unlike, 
other places where when they need a demolition contractor, you go out and you hire a demolition contractor. The city of Toledo actually manages its own demolition program. And when we got started at the land bank, we decided to not sort of recreate the wheel, but just to piggyback on what the city's already doing. Oh, yeah. So the city actually does most of our demolitions. For those that don't think the city does anything competently, (laughs) I'm not among them, but for those who think that, they do this very well. And because, and there's no, we have no beef with the private market, but uh, there is more demolition need in our community than there's funds available. And the city can do it about 25% cheaper than the private market. So we get most of that work done by the city through an arrangement where we fund it and manage it and they do the work. On the renovation side, We've only just started exploring renovating some properties ourselves. The 400, though, that we've sold that have been renovated have been done by private individuals. Uh, some investors, lots of homeowners, uh, lots of folks who are going to fix it up and put it back on the market. You know, they call that a flip in some places. And, <laughs> and people come to us with a plan and the funding to do it. And we let them do it. We don't get in the way. We actually sell them the property. So they go on and do it themselves. They get the permits. They do the work. And then when they're finished, we do an inspection to make sure they did what they said they were going to do. And they did it uh, in a safe way. And it's a, a property that's going to be fit for somebody to live in. And if they do that, then they move on. And um, you know they can rent it out. They can. Uh, lots of times they can live there. We've done that in every neighborhood in Lucas County. And it's really, it's leveraged almost $10 million of private investment that the community wow. otherwise would have had to find the money to, to do or leave the property sit and then eventually tear them down. So right. it's been really great. And Land has been around Huge. how many years you said? I'm sorry. We're six years old six this years. month. Yeah. And happy birthday. Thank you. Have you been, I assume you've been keeping track of even the earliest projects and how they are now and things like that have, for the most part, they continued to, to thrive rather than I'm going to use the word recidivate, which is probably the wrong word in this context, but I'll use it. <laughs> yeah, no, we've had very good success over the last six yeah. years. Not to say that we're perfect or that things don't happen. I mean, we're taking properties that nothing was working on and trying to move them into the hands of somebody that's going to do something better with it. Uh, sometimes that doesn't work. Uh, we've had some situations, uh, very few, uh, but some where somebody who we've sold the property to who's done all that renovation then has had a problem paying the taxes themselves. But we are in it for the long haul. Every property that we work on, even if we're no longer the owner, even if we're no longer um, monitoring it closely, we are paying attention and great. are working to make sure it gets done. But yeah, we've 400 homes and businesses have been renovated. We can wow. take we can take the property back if they don't. <laughs> yes, <laughs> look at that applause. <laughs> we can take the property back if they don't do the right stuff. We've only done that five times out of 400, so That's it's been it's pretty good betting average. Yeah, it's been pretty successful. And uh, you guys have recently been in the news because you got a chunk of money, right? We did. Yeah, I'm gonna tell people about Dex. that. <laughs> yeah, we are good at demolition work, and, yeah. and the state recognizes that. And you know, and that's a sad thing, but it's necessary in many places, yeah. particularly for the for the folks who have to live next door to something that is going to breed crime or rats or all the horrible right. things yeah. that happen. Uh, but so we've generated and earned twenty five million dollars now of demolition funds since twenty fourteen that we spend through twenty twenty, um, and we thought, okay, well. If we're going to try to do this comprehensively, then we should have a comprehensive plan for it. So we just announced a plan to renovate or demolish 1,500 homes in the next 1,500 days. The 1,500 project. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah, somebody reads the blade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of the 1,500, is there a split that you intend? Okay, this this percentage is going to be demo. This is going to be reno- renovations. Yeah, it's, or? It, 
if we are doing really well in this community, it'll be 60-40 um, demolition. Uh, depending on what happens in the next four years in terms of neighborhoods, in terms of stability and things, there may be more demolition than, than we would like. Uh, but the more demolition that we can do and the more stabilization that we can bring to a particular neighborhood, the more likely it is those next properties that are right on the edge don't tip the wrong way, but mm. tip into an opportunity for renovation. Sometimes the reason, the only reason a property can't be renovated is because it's way more expensive to do than the property was ever going to be worth. Yeah. Uh, if we can get those numbers a little closer together, we more likely we'll save them. But yeah, that's what we're looking at. 1,100, maybe we'll do uh, 1,200 demolitions and 300 renovations, maybe 1,100 to 400. You know, that's our hope. And that's that's one a day, right? One Isn't a day, every day. That's crazy. Wow. Are you on pace? We're, on, we're ahead of pace. Okay. Ooh, so yeah. on top of, um, you know, what you're saying is finding these houses that no one lives in and making them livable and getting people living in them or, or demoing them. Uh, me and my wife are redoing our kitchen, and um, you want to talk a little bit about the process you have for people who are living a home and may need help with, you know, fixing things or getting the house, you know, the value of the house up by fixing things that need to be fixed and all of that. Wow, you guys help like not just to empty properties too. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. According to my wife, no. they're going to be coming and helping <laughs> us next week. <laughs> it's, this is not a lie. Yeah, yeah. We run something for the last couple of years now called the Heritage Home Program, um, which we we looked at what we did over the last couple of years in the community and realized that in order to prevent the properties from becoming vacant and being abandoned, that lots of people who are living there right now need help to make sure that they can make the right investments and they can maintain their property in the right way. And if we put that proactive step in place, then we'll have less need for a land bank down the road. So mm. this program is for any property owner in Lucas County whose property is 50 years or older, which is most property That's owners. a lot of people. Yeah. Wow. Uh, most of Toledo and 67% of Lucas County. So most property owners. Yeah. I didn't know we were that historic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nate, how old is your place? 89 years old. Yeah. So it was built in 34 Something yeah, like, something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, our home was built in 21, so it's almost 100 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, we will come out with our staff and give you what we call free technical assistance. So anything you're looking to do, if you're looking to uh, put a new roof on potentially, or you've got three driveway quotes from a contractor and you don't know which one is the best, or if they're all apples to apples, or you're looking to renovate your kitchen, or yep. you're looking to do whatever you want to do, we will come out and um, give you some advice on. It's impartial. We're not selling anybody anything. Uh, but Which then, is nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, because a lot of times when you get, there's other right. services you can get, and they're all, you know, they make money by getting you to do certain things, and they're kind of pushing you in a direction as opposed to just giving you good advice. Yeah. We, we think this is like a public service, so we don't yeah. want to be having people have a trust deficit. Uh, <laughs> but if you then want to go forward with your kitchen renovation, and I hope you guys do, if you need to borrow money to do that, then we have a partnership with Waterford Bank and Geno Genoa Bank locally where they will give a much lower interest home equity loan than you can get if you just walked into their office. It's a, The current rate is about 7%. This rate's about 3.5%. Nice. Uh, and then you can actually you know, finance and get the work done. Right. Yeah, and we will need the loan. <laughs> <laughs> Good. We're going to be hanging out for a while. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, how, did, how did the land bank come to be? Like, what was the founding process like? Yeah. The land bank is, well, it's a reaction to all the big challenges that what, what we call legacy cities 
have, and not just in Ohio, but in Michigan and in Pennsylvania and so many other places. It was founded in this current incarnation because the city of Toledo has had a land bank in some form since 1988, but not the kind of land bank that we operate. Mm -hmm. This kind of land bank was started in Michigan about oh, 15 years ago now, in Flint, Michigan, actually, which is very hard hit, uh, uh, way harder hit than we are sure or yeah. probably ever will be yeah um mm -hmm. and they created some new tools to sort of deal with tax speculated property and property that's just sitting abandoned and they worked and so they started talking about that with other places and started talking about it in ohio in 2006 and uh, the legislature got involved and local folks like wade kapsikavich who's the county treasurer got involved and uh got this passed in ohio and um so cuyahoga county went first because the folks in Columbus like to experiment in Cleveland. Yep. If they break it in Cleveland, they're not that worried about it, I imagine. But <laughs> if it works, then it'll probably work everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we were the second land bank in Ohio to be created um, and have been operating ever since. But it, we needed, the communities needed a new tool, toolkit to really deal with some of these challenges that didn't exist prior and was only worse as a result of the Great Recession. So do you have like... Um uh, a property in mind where you're like, oh, I wish we could get our hands on that one. Uh, the fiberglass tower. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that one. That's a, uh, th there's something might happen there. Yeah. So, I'll so. ask you about that in a minute. Okay. I really want to know. I'm so confused. The, the property that we have tried really hard and can't get is the Spitzer and the Nicholas building. Okay. Which are downtown. Those are on my list too. Yeah. yeah. We own the Pythian castle. Everybody in Toledo knows the oh, Pythian yeah. castle. Yeah. Uh, which is a great property, which has some real potential now that Greyhound has moved from Jefferson over to the train station. But that it for... looks immaculate, man. Compared to the rest of the buildings down there, you could walk by and point that one out blocks away. It's, it's huge. You taller tower. Point it out because it looks like a castle. Exactly. Too, but... yeah. Amazing. <laughs> it's a cool building. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have any floors on the inside any longer. Well, it's details. Yeah, right. right. That yeah. could be it's cool too. Minor things. But yeah, but the Spitzer and the Nicholas buildings are they sit on the only only hard corner in downtown Toledo. So there's only one corner in downtown Toledo where, where all four original buildings still stand. Three of them out of the four are vacant right now. Yep. And it's just a challenge because every major urban community in the Midwest is seeing a downtown resurgence. And the first thing that happens after you locate your big public stadiums and your ballparks and your arenas down there and you create some life is that people then want to live downtown mm -hmm. and are the spitzer nicholas buildings ever going to be the kind of buildings they used to be where they had law offices and things probably not but they would be amazing residential properties mm -hmm. they would be make amazing condos or apartments and to have them sit vacant is to see the community maybe miss that opportunity because the demand is there uh, every day i talk to people who would love to live downtown yeah. if there was an opportunity to and we need many more units of residential to do that, and those properties could be there. So we tried really hard. There is a, um, a a criminal who owns them named Corey Erger. Hey, doesn't he show up like at the last minute all the time with, with the yeah. money he needs to keep it? Yeah. Yep. Bob knows this because yeah. he, he <laughs> works in the bankruptcy area, but most, <laughs> most people who are owed money never get paid 100% of it when you really get down to it. Uh, Corey Erger, wherever he gets his money pays off everybody that owes money to him at 100%. But at the last minute, and to what end? I, I don't know, because it's not, he's paid, they've put three or $4 million in paying off bad debts on that building and done nothing. They sit empty today. They've been empty since 2009 for the most part. And it's really a tragedy. There's still even the, like the, the Bleak House Coffee sign on one. My bill, LaSalle's right on that block. So I walk 
between those two buildings all the time. It, yeah. it blows my mind. They're, the Spitzer building's huge. looks really nice. They're both pretty big. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Is there no city ordinance stuff against being like owning a place and even though you're paying for it, you know, doing nothing with it? Isn't there something that says you're not allowed to do that? No slumlord clause? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's a little trickier than that. Uh, you are, unfortunately, if you pay your taxes and you keep the building uh, up to code as much as possible, you have to register vacant properties in Toledo and you have to pay mm-hmm. a fee to do that. But you can sit on a property if you so it's chose. Your, it's yeah. your right. It's I your guess. right yeah, yeah. In, in the private market. Now, we could argue with that. Uh, I think in a lot of times, people, that could be pushed in the wrong direction. But in this case, the community is missing an opportunity and, and there's no real re- there's no rational reason that it's happening at this right. point. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, I think at most really the city could just keep sending inspectors in, right? Right. Just make it as difficult it as possible to, to maintain it. Yeah. But speaking of downtown properties that are vacant, the fiberglass tower, what's up with that? Yeah. So it's owned by a company called the I group. They're mm-hmm. in Michigan. They're in Lansing. I f- it seems like they're ready to do something. There was a story about it in the last couple of weeks. They've cleaned all the windows. If you you can look through it now, it used to be really yep. yellow and <laughs> yeah. rough. It's been yeah. $3 million was spent to remove all the asbestos uh, throughout the building. Um, ha- but haven't they gotten a few grants too on that? They did. The, the state paid that $3 million to remove all the asbestos. Uh, and, you know, with Prometica moving downtown and the work that's ongoing on the steam plant and the old key bank building and other mm-hmm. things, Maybe this is the time that it makes sense, but that's most of that is done by the I group privately. Yeah. And I had um, read a report that said they started contracting out at least for some apartments on the top floor, maybe, and right. some retail on the first few. There's been a lot of yeah. plans. Yeah, I will believe it when I see it. Yeah, yeah. My... <laughs> I make a distinction between notions and plans. Yeah, <laughs> and right now the building has been a bunch of notions, and we'll see if there's a plan at some point here. Yeah. That building was my first like. What Danny was what I, I was fu- actually fuming mad when I was like someone told me when we lived in moved into LaSalle they were like hey that second tallest building in Toledo completely empty I was like shut up no way you can see through it it's completely empty yeah so uh, I was, he was so stunned yeah, it was, it was, yeah this is the surprising not, right? yeah. the first yeah. rant on this show from Danny about this building <laughs> Danny you should get we'll into get downtown property ownership we we'll, I'm working on student loan debt <laughs> all right we'll talk the best way to work on student loan debt is to get more debt. Yeah, just pile it on. Yeah, what does it matter? You're right. Bankruptcy can get rid of all of it, except for the student loan stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly. Not legal advice. That was my way out. Um, Is is there any uh, upcoming stuff for the land bank? New things coming out or new new initiatives or anything like that? Well, I talked about the big one. Yeah, that 1500 thing. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. We we really hope to actually shoot a little bit above that uh, by the end of four years, but we'll see. I mean, again, we're we're 25 days in, not. 1500 days in but 25 days in and you've taken down 25 buildings we've, we, or renovated or renovated yes right. yeah in 25 days we've renovated or torn down 40 buildings awesome I had a oh schedule. my gosh uh, yeah i would assume most of that was like planning and then we'll just knock them all down at one time or fix them all. wow yeah wow so it, is, is that something you're going to continue to do and like uh, you know every year kind of have one of these kind of campaints yeah, we're until 1500 is that's more than the year. Oh yeah, I guess it goes till 2020. <laughs> yeah, it goes right? to 2020. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to do so a lot five of five years from We're going to do a lot of yeah, a lot of regular updates um and a lot of work we um we are working on something that I, I mentioned before that we're trying to renovate some properties for the first time ourselves and we we use that same Toledo survey data to sort of pick one neighborhood out of many that we could have chosen to really focus some time and energy 
and some dollars directly into further stabilizing that. So which we, neighborhood can you share? So or? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we picked this year. We picked um, the neighborhood that's called Library Village, which is right near the West Toledo Library. Yeah. Um, based on the data that we had, showed that it was still on sort of a tipping point where. We, for example, we own 12 vacant properties in the neighborhood. Now, there are 3,000 properties overall in the neighborhood, so that's not a lot, but that's way more than, let's say, in Old Orchard, where we mm -hmm. own zero, or somewhere else where the, things are a little bit more stable. So we are going to try to renovate those ourselves, put them on the market at a very high uh, dollar amount so that we can raise the comparable sales for the whole neighborhood and like that. build some equity for it and sell them to homeowners. Um, we've also done some matching grants uh, tied to the Heritage Home Program for people who are looking to make investments in their property. We've helped uh, help them with that work um, by giving them some money if they put up some money themselves to you know, fix their roof or their driveway. Uh, so yeah, so we're looking at that and we're going to try to replicate that in uh, four different neighborhoods over the next four years as well. Very cool. And on top of the land bank stuff, you're you're kind of involved with politics, right? I do, I do politics as a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you tell us about that? What's your what's your involvement? Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm officially the secretary of the Lucas County Democratic Party. Hey, right on. Yeah, which uh, means you take the minutes, which is very important. I do. It's <laughs> very important. And That's as a reader of those, sometimes they're pretty pithy. I enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you take them digitally, or do you write them down when you take them? No way does he write. Tell me you type. Well, I type them up. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Right, yeah. Cool. But, but I, when you're taking them, I mean, like when you're in the meeting, do you, you, do you, you type guys, them as you're going? You guys don't know shorthand? <laughs> <laughs> no, I... That's a lost art, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These are not word-for-word -word minutes, so <laughs> right. I take them by hand, and I have a pretty good memory, so I've, I yeah. we can recreate. They, these are not complex meetings either, you know, the... Party endorses people, the party has events, the party tries to get candidates elected. That's all political parties are, which is a group of people that get together to try to win elections. That's it. Right. That's all a political party is. And so, um, you know, it's it's fun stuff. Um, I think Democrats locally are going to probably do well, as they often mm -hmm. do in a presidential year. What I mean, what drives you to still be involved in politics? Like, wh why do you do it? You know, I really... Here's the thing, I really care about public service in almost like a vocational way. Yeah, like I, mean, like I, mean, I might have been a priest if I wasn't going to do this, but this is how, but I think about it like this is service and this is important. And the reality to be an effective public servant is that you had to be involved in politics because they don't, you can't separate the two. Yeah. Um, and so it's important. And my values align with the Democratic Party. And uh, for the most part, I'm probably more liberal and lefty than, than some in the party would be. But um, but yeah, I feel like it's important to be involved in, uh, and you got to be involved in an institutional level, uh, in order to really, in my experience so far in life, make changes that you'd like to see, because you can't, you can't get everything you want. You can't make the world a perfect place, but you can make real change if you get involved in a way that isn't just sort of yelling at people. And if somebody <laughs> wanted to be involved with party politics, like what, what would they do? What's a good first step? Uh, get involved in campaigns because again uh, politics party politics is about winning elections so the presidential years of this year is like the best chance you get in fact i helped recreate the ut college demos when i was uh, nice. finishing up school and it was a presidential year and there was lots of people lots of people want to help the presidential candidate if they're if they're feeling that way and they want to do it on both sides yeah mm -hmm. uh, it gets it's, it's a little harder to get excited about you know your clerk of courts or your county coroner or those folks i mean they're great yeah. people i love them i know them personally but they but that's harder to get motivated with but once you get motivated and get involved in say a presidential campaign then if you've got some interest then you can get involved yeah. more locally or statewide 
All right, so now it's time for T-Town Trivia. We're going to ask you four questions that get harder as we go along. And if uh, just really for participating, we're going to give you a, a special prize that Danny will tell you about. So our special prize today is brought to you by Actual Toffee. This is an Ethiopia couture blend, and I'm really sorry, Lance, if I mispronounce that, <laughs> but this is uh, floral aromas and sweet notes of lemon, apricot, and cherry. So hats off to Actual Toffee. Thank you so much. And... I mean, if you do good enough, you might take this bag home. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Uh, the very first question, our format goes hard, harder, hardest. <laughs> we try at least. And then there will be a bonus. Okay. So number one, where was the first land bank created? First land bank was created in St. Louis, Missouri. Hey! Woo! Nice. One, right on. All right, number two. That was, uh, the, that was the easiest question? Yeah, that was yeah that's the easy. <laughs> Here we go. In 2009, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, a.k.a. HUD, issued a report embracing land banks as a best practice model for municipalities dealing with the effect of the real estate market collapse and the foreclosure crisis. Who is the current U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development? Julian Castro. Ooh, one nice. of the twins. Wow. Yeah. I didn't understand like half the words in that. He's question. the better looking one. <laughs> yeah, his uh, aren't they his identical? Identical <laughs> twin brother, Joaquin. Is that how you say? He it? is the better looking one though, if you look at him. <laughs> but maybe you guys can. I can judge that. Okay. 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 We'll I just thought after. they were identical. They are uh, identical. Maybe. Number three. Number three. Where does Lucas County's name come from? Governor Robert Lucas. Wow. Jeez. Who, also became the governor of Iowa, and there's a Lucas County in Iowa for the same reason. Yeah, he took over as the governor of Ohio at the conclusion of the so-called Toledo War. Well, you're the proud owner of some actual coffee already, but oh. let's do the bonus question just for fun. This is for winning. And one more. The bonus question. The Toledo Mud Hens didn't always play downtown. Previously, they were hosted at Ned Steldon Stadium in Wami. Since the Hens have come downtown, they've had a massive resurgence in entertainment. What year did Fifth Third Field open its doors? Oof. Oh, sports. <laughs> sports is not fair. 2002. Oh, my goodness. Really? Got all, all four, four questions. Yeah. I'm so excited. There you go. I'm so awesome. excited for the coffee. Well, there you go. <laughs> Here you are. I hope you have a grinder because those are whole beans. beans. They we, do need to be ground. They do. Yep. But my partner, uh, Eugenio, loves coffee. Oh, all Good. right. More than anything. More than me. <laughs> and I believe there's a roasted on deal. date. It should be sometime Pretty recently, last week. Yeah. The so nights are uh, very, very fresh. Yep, August 9th, 2016. Yep. Wow. Nice. Jeez. So thank you to friend of the show, Lance Roper. Yep. Um, one other thing we like to do to kind of close this whole thing out is we like to ask our guests, is there some hidden gem somewhere in Toledo that you think more people should know about? And we're looking for something a little more uh, obscure than like the Metro Parks. Okay. I don't know if this is that obscure, but you guys, the food thing is like a big deal. On the oh, yeah. oh, yeah. So I tried, oh. I didn't pick food. Because I probably you can't. Could have. I, I can't probably compete in that area. But the Toledo <laughs> rep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Toledo rep is tremendous. We've yes. had season tickets for five years, and seen every show. You know, some of them are way better than others. But you know, yep. everybody everybody has different tastes in the theater. But they do such a good job, and uh, I don't know that everybody knows about them. Yeah. Um, oh, that that's a good one. I and like young people, rep. young people should go. Yeah. yeah. They, right. They started an improv program. That's how I got introduced. Yeah, oh, so yeah. we've wow. yeah we've kind of talked about it a little bit through the, through so the improv stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The people there are so great. Yeah, some of the the other shows that I've gone to that weren't just improv, they put on some really good productions. Does does the season and in tickets include the improv stuff? 
No. It, those I, are free shows. It should. Oh, no, it does. It's free. I'm going to call. <laughs> <laughs> does, does the free show, is that included in the tickets that I paid for? <laughs> it's $2 suggested donation. How much is a season pass to that? I think it's like $70 oh, for, for, for five shows, five right. or six yeah. shows. So it's not oh, bad at all. So no, not bad at all. Right. Not bad at all. And you can get great seats because, you know, nobody, not everybody knows about it. Right. Yeah, it's not a huge venue. and mm-hmm. yeah. Check them out all over social media at Toledo Rep. Well. I just happen to know that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, just so happened, right? David, thank you very much for coming in. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. I hope it was painless for you. It was great. <laughs> I had fun. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone, for the 26th episode of the Toledo Matters podcast. And here's Danny for the outro. For more information on David and the Lucas County Land Bank, visit lucastownylandbank.org. You can always get more info about us and a map of some of the hidden gems our guests have mentioned at toledomatters.com. Toledo Matters is recorded out of the magnificent studios of Waveflow Media, located in the beautiful historic neighborhood of Westmoreland. For the latest and greatest in audio engineering, AV recording, or if you just have a podcast and want your guests to sound this dang crispy, check out waveflow.com. Our remarkable newish Toledo Matters podcast logo and much of our graphic design was provided by Jacob Parr. If you've seen our logo, then you know Jacob has a particular eye for impeccable design. For more of his work or to get in touch with him, visit jacobparr.design. Support for the Toledo Matters podcast and prizes for our trivia contestants are provided by Actual Coffee. If you're tired of the crap that your office calls coffee, you want something real and delicious, visit actualcoffee.com. Teton trivia simply could not happen without the brilliant mind of our trivia master, Zach Vassar. Even while assuming his new role of president and CEO of the Toledo Symphony, he still makes time for this little podcast. For more on Zach and the Symphony, visit toledosymphony.com. And thank you, Toledo, for tuning in making Toledo matter. Until next time, we wish you well.